0: Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the
1: barrel's rails in your mouth. Bring 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 them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out.
2: The championship run deep in our vein The entertainment raw real cause it's all in the game To us you know around the city doing it better than this Just say look at this, you can look around who better
1: than this Nobody Ooh, your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers The Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Cowboy. the Titans the Chickens USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is Man, triple left the new podcast, Just join the game plan Come on, come on, bring them out, bring them out Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe.
0: What's up and welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the fantasy football fiend podcast presented to you by Manscape. I'm your host, Zay, the fantasy football fiend himself. I got my bros with me. Holla at the people, young Vander.
2: Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there?
0: And yeah, my guy, Bro Joe, the rookie aficionado. Holla at him, Joe. What's going on, fantasy fiend family? Yo, this week and next week, we're going to have a treat for you. We are giving you our redraft running back rankings. We all know that rankings are an integral part of making sure that you get out to a successful start in your fantasy year. So we're going to make sure you have all the information you need. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. That's F E I N Family Facebook group. And we're going to go right ahead and hop into our news.
2: And now your fantasy news.
0: Not a whole lot going on um, in the past week or so that is fantasy relevant, but a few things that we'll discuss nonetheless. Um, I was highly disappointed this afternoon when a breaking news a headline came across my phone and it said, Patriots signed receiver to three-year deal. Back of my head, I'm thinking, here it is. We just did it. We pulled the trigger. And we just signed Devontae Parker to a three <laughs> to a three-year deal. I, I don't I don't know if I don't know what this was. Hopefully this doesn't take us out of whatever it is we were looking at possibly doing with Hopkins, but I was highly disappointed when I saw breaking news Patriots sign wide receiver and it was Devontae Parker. So <laughs> that's really the only breaking news we've had um in the last couple of days. Did y'all see that? And and did you have the same, I guess, initial thought that I did that it was finally Hopkins or how did that work out?
2: No, I didn't think it was D-Hop um, because the report I read, they it, it had parking name kind of at the very top of it. So,
0: Oh, OK. Yeah, I was on my phone. It just said Patriots, um, you know, sign receiver. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go.
2: Yeah. Not so I was, much. Uh, <laughs> uh, a bit surprised. I mean, it's not crazy money. Uh I think nah. 14 million guarantee. Um, so that's the big the big number you want to pay attention to. But uh with the receivers that they have on this squad, I mean, I think, you know, if they're not gonna go after a big name like a hop, it was probably best for them to to keep Parker in the fold, considering some of the reports coming out with, you know, some of the guys that they drafted and just being with the rest of the roster they already have.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Devon Agin, um the rookie running back in Miami, he is, uh kind of on the good foot so far as it pertains to standing out in mini camps and offseason activities. So everything that we've heard about this young man so far is an indication that he's going to be in the, uh, a big part of what they're going to be doing with that running back committee. And the fact that the, the couple of guys that are in front of him are guys that are kind of often hurt which will kind of reflect that when we do the running back rankings today I'm sure this may be a guy that we want to you know put on that high radar uh maybe by the time redraft season comes around he's not as little known as he is now but definitely someone that um you know Vander brought up a few weeks back actually um that's still you know marching to the same beat of that same drum so uh, what we got on Mr. Divine Akain, I think I pronounced his name right.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, this is one of the guys I've been talking about since I mean, before the draft, you know, just just coming out. Um, and just so happy he landed on the, in the right situation. It, it seems he's going to be playing more of the Debo role for the Dolphins because uh, he's getting so many high praises thus far in mini camp as far as his receiving capabilities. Uh, so that's been the main thing, you know, not only he's a track guy, but being able to catch the ball. Uh, they was really impressed with that part. So, and I mean, if you go look at the draft, when Miami drafted, uh then they draft the corner Cam Smith from uh, USC? So I believe they drafted him, good player. And then you know, Coach McDaniel was like, you know, cool. And then when he drafted this guy, I mean, he was fist pumps, you know, high fives, and he was jacked <laughs> yeah, up, I mean, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So he was like, he was you know really excited about this pick. So. I think it's going to be a new toy for him. So, of course, this is a guy you probably want to, especially in a dynasty league. I mean, I'm pretty sure yeah. most people, you know, they're learning more and more about him. But as it seems closer, it seems like he's going to have a real role from the beginning of the season.
0: We finally know one of the guys that's going to get a season long suspension. And this Isaiah Rogers Sr., the defensive back of Indy, looks like he was gambling. Um, not only was he gambling, but he was gambling on NFL games. And it looked as if, he actually placed bets on his own team, so he's definitely going to get uh, a suspension there. That's kind of in the news right now. Um, another piece of news: Brock Purdy is remaining on track right now for Week One, so it's looking like the battle between Lance and Sam Darnold won't even matter because Brock is going to be the one at the helm. Um, what we got on either one of those situations?
1: Yeah, in regards to Purdy, um, I think I think it's about right. The day for us to look at is August 21st. If he clears um, by August 21st, he's definitely in line to start week one. I know his regiment right now, I think he's throwing like three times a week, and he's been doing that since about June 5th. He's been already throwing with um, the NFL regulation football, so that's awesome. I think when we look at this, too, the trainer that he works with, uh, Hewlett, Hewlett uh, works for, I forgot what the, the company's called, but when I looked into it, what was most interesting was it was Mike Shanahan, everybody from his tree and it was Mike Shanahan. So it just goes to say like, uh, Hewlett is is very much so familiar with Mike Shanahan to where whatever's going. Oh, and he also was with Purdy, uh, through his pro day and obviously into the pros, like the hand is tied together between Mike Shanahan, Purdy and Hewlett. I think, um, it's more of a test to what, what they've been saying because they always been saying they're optimistic. They're optimistic. He was the only one during the mini camp interview to kind of like throw you know, be kind of nonchalant about it. But I guess that's the competitor in him. But he's got everything from what I'm hearing is pretty good. He, they're saying he already been thrown with full velocity, uh, as far as saying, but I'd rather it be affirmed by coaches as opposed to it just being a. A report, but I believe, you know, like I said, again, the time for us to look is August 21st. If he clears that, then he' going to start week one, no problem. What you got on your squad, man?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if Purdy's available, he's he's a clear-cut starter. Um, you know, initially I was thinking with that type of injury, it's kind of like you never really know. Um, and, I, and I still think, you, you know, it's a possibility he might not be we be ready week one you know what I'm saying it's different when you throw on in shorts and you know throwing you know throwing to your the quarterback coach you know what I'm saying so let's see how he looks as you know the summer moves closer to the fall and but if ready I think he'll be the guy I do think Darnold will be the, the backup though I think Lance is the odd man out
0: now let's go back to DeAndre Hopkins for a quick second here it's been said that he's had offers from the Patriots and Titans which to my knowledge, those are the only two teams that he actually went to go visit. I know there was some scuttlebutt about him possibly looking at joining the Bills, but I don't even think he ever got to their facility. So, my question is: Is he just like kind of mulling over what he wants to do, or are the Patriots and the Titans the teams that kind of set the market, and he don't really either want to, he don't really want to go to either one of those teams, and he's hoping that a team that he would prefer would offer the same money, or? Like, what do y'all think is going on in this situation? Or, or, or is it just part of the course as far as where we are within the year? Or do you think he needs this time to be getting acclimated wherever he goes?
2: I mean, I think it's, you know, he's stuck between that rock and the hard place. Or, you know, guys love to come out and say, I want to win, but I want to get paid. And the teams that's winning don't have cap space. That's just the nature. I mean, teams that you see win the Super Bowl, they use a cap strap. You know what I'm saying? Most of the good teams in the league are already cap strap. They already have their money already, you know, spread around to their stars. So when you're a guy that's coming in, you're not going to really get star money because these teams already have stars. They're already being paid. So it's one of those things people say they want to win, but they want to get paid. And I just think the teams that uh, that can pay him are teams that's not really contenders, if that makes sense. Because you talk about the Titans, they're not considered contending in the AFC and the Patriots as well is not one of the favorites coming out of the AFC and that's all you're hearing, he want to go to the Chiefs and get the Titan offer. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to happen. So I think he's just stuck with that kind of thing right now. Same thing for uh, Dalvin Cook. It's the same situation. They want to get paid and play for a contender. So, yeah, you
0: bring up Dalvin Cook. How do you think that ends up working out with, um, you know, with Dalvin Cook and Hopkins? Do they end up going for the money, or do they just end up going, you know, for the you know, for the best team possible?
2: I think the best decision for those guys is right now is to wait on me then maybe you'll get an injury in, you know, a training camp. knocking on wood, I to a change or anybody. But, you know, let's say, for instance, uh, Jordan Addison goes down or, you know, one of these guys in, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, let's say, Jamar Chase goes down. Let's say T. Higgins goes down. You know, like a guy that – a team that's kind of dependent on for the season, then at this point you become a whole lot more valuable to that team. You know what I mean? Um, same thing for Dalvin Cook if one of these star running backs, if, if Tony Pollard goes down, it's going to be, you know, some calls, you know what I mean? So I just think it's one of those things where they may need to wait, let training camp happen and uh, see if some injuries come back. That will make their value go up. Because right now, you know, we already said how the running back market is. I mean, we got some really good ones as free agents.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that running back market is I – mean, I saw a quote. Um, who was it from? I think Melvin Gordon. He basically said that since Sean McVay won the Super Bowl and at the end of that Super Bowl basically said that he would never pay a running back again. He just run a platoon sort of a a style of football. He said that, you know, the market ever since then has kind of shriveled up. And I don't know if that's correlation, causation or nothing to do with each other. But if you
1: look at the timeline of it, it is kind of true. Yeah, what I'll add to that, too, uh, going back to DeAndre real quick and Dalvin, I think, you know, especially with uh, DeHop, I think it's more so the the, the money, like what we've always been saying, right? And I think more in particular, um, he's not in a position that he has to do anything. You know what I mean? I think in both cases of him and Dalvin, I know we, we always hear the, the work ethic and the workout part, but that's a big part of it because some people need a mini camp, Some people need – uh, all these different organized activities before training camp to get ready. What Dalvin Cook and D Hopkins are known to do in the offseason, there's somebody that can show up into training camp and that be enough to suffice. So I think both of them could last a lot longer. I think with D Hopkins, he just saw Odell Beckham get a $15 million contract with uh, up to $17 million in incentive. and He's like, well, I just made 20. dollars like, well, million. I'm not going to take less than Obj and I've been on the field and wait, you know, I've been pe- being productive. I think with Dalvin, I think I think it's really the fit. I think he's really genuine in what he's saying about the fit. And this is a guy who we've seen, you know, have actual injuries. I think this is probably the healthiest where you've seen him going into an offseason in quite a long time. I think finding that fit is most important for him. But I think his situation might play out a little bit later than uh, D Hop, and then going into the running back market relatively quick. I think w- when we're looking at where the NFL is going and where they have to save money uh, running back, you know, even going back since Le'Veon Bell has been the scapegoat because everybody critiqued that contract. Oh, he turned down 17 half million. Well, it was only guaranteed for a couple of years. And then every after that was year to year. And I was somebody who we saw get over, you know, more than 350 carries at a time. More than that. Even going back to Mark, we could say DeMarco Murray was the first one because uh the Cowboys yep. they did him dirty. Mm-hmm. Did won, dirty. My man, 400 carries his last season.
2: You know what? Real quick. Think about it. We just talked about it earlier. Devontae Parker just got a deal. Does that new money kind of eliminates D-Hop from the Patriots list? One. And two, would the Parker deal diminish D-Hop's value because now there's a I mean, of course, they're not the same. D-Hop is way better receiver. But it still kind of sets a point. You know what I mean? It's kind of like drawing a line. Okay, this guy got this amount of dollars. So now it's going to be a comparison to see what right, y'all think about right. that. You know what I mean? Because like, well, I think I, I think if the corners would have released D-Hop before, like an Odell deal, he could have yep. got that deal in Baltimore. I, but exactly. They, I really they, 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 him they held yep. him. You know what I'm saying? It kind of hurt him.
0: Yep, they really did. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, you hit you hit the nail on the head. Like, the way it played out when they, I guess, got a little too greedy and thought the market was going to be a whole lot bigger than what it was, they they kind of, you know, messed up his odds. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now the team that really needed the wide receiver the most, they got their guy, can't really afford to pay Hopkins what he's asking for now. But I guess to answer your original question, though, Vander, does giving Parker this contract actually give us a little bit more cap room. So could it make it more likely that it, that, that Hopkins goes if, if we had a bigger cap hit this year, if we didn't extend them.
2: Uh, now that I, I wouldn't know. I did see an article. I didn't really click on it. Um, so I'm not sure if it, you know, increased that cap space and now y'all be able to afford them. But, uh, cause I'd look at it way different if that's the case. My answer, my question, he was this, uh, for the New England Patriots, I'm, I've been seeing all kind of guys. Do you think that he is the answer to y'all troubles? I'm not sure of that. No. Um. Y'all just lost a cornerback who, who's uh Yosemite Sam on the airplane. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Two Ridiculous. two guns up. Um. So where do you want to put this money at? Do you want to put this money on the defensive side of the ball? Or do you really want to bring in the 30 year old wide receiver? And, you know- I mean, Buddy
0: played 13 games last year caught 31 passes of his 47 targets for 539 yards and three touchdowns. So if that's what you're giving him, whatever Hopkins was asking for it can't be too much, and it couldn't be too much more than what you gave him. I mean, j- just based on the contracts that are out there right now, but I don't know. I mean, we're we're not who we used to be, and, and, and sometimes Bill Belichick, the GM, I kind of feel like, Is forgetting where we kind of are in the pantheon of things in general in the NFL and especially within our division at this point because I don't see how we can outscore these guys with Devontae Parker being our best wide receiver. I'm sorry. Now you got Tariq Hill, Waddle, Diggs, uh, Garrett Wilson. I mean, like, it's it's not going to work. But hey, you know, it'll be what it is. We got to take our comeuppance. We had our years (laughs) and now it's uh, on the other side of the hill. That pretty much wraps up the news. Oh, Zonovan Knight of the Jets. He's been dealing with some undisclosed injuries, which has given way for fifth-round pick Israel Anabaconda to kind of sneak his way in. Um, right now, it's, it's looking like it's a possibility that mm-hmm. he may end mm-hmm. up surpassing Knight on the depth chart. And then we'd be looking at a Brees Hall, Michael Carter... Um, Anna Baconda. But now we don't know whether or not Hall is actually going to be healthy for week one, although they saying that, um, you know, he'll definitely be good for the first part of the year. That's yet to be seen. Um, He hasn't been full speed just yet. So it's a possibility that, you know, you know, Carter's no stranger to injury either. So this this rookie may end up, you know, being another one of those guys that you want to have on your radar and, um, you know, be able to strike if injury puts him in a place where he's going to be called upon, uh, but that's about it. Am I missing anything news-wise?
2: No, but real quick, I, I do think the kid is man. Don't be surprised this dude start week one. That's all I'm gonna say. The dude's extremely talented. I mean, we already seen. I know Michael Carter is the pencil win backup right now, but what have we seen him do in two years? Um, Not a whole lot. I mean, he (laughs) got the guy you just spoke of with the injuries took him off, right? Right. So what you think this guy's going to do coming in, like, out of pit? Like I said, man, I I think Brees Hall may be well coming into the season, but I don't think he will play early in the season that much. You know, they're probably going to move, you know, move him in slowly. So, you know, people always say, oh, he'd be ready to start the season. That don't mean you're going to play. You know what I mean? He may dress out. It got to be a game.
0: (laughs) You can't just go from nothing to full speed, you know.
2: But yo, in in Dynasty Leagues, um, I'm pretty sure he probably is maybe highly owned in most Dynasty Leagues. But extreme sleeper, this guy can be, he could be gold. I promise you. You know what I'm saying? So Israel, Aben Nakada, whatever. If I'm hopefully I'm not saying it you know, too messed up, but um running back out of pit. I think this guy's gonna actually be the start of week one. That's my you know leap prediction for this guy. So stay tuned on that.
0: And that'll pretty much wrap up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into our running back rankings. All right, good people. So let's go ahead and hop to it. We have our running back rankings. The first half, we're going to be going from running back one all the way up to running back 40. And then next week, we'll hit you with the second half of the running backs. But this is tier based rankings. So. As we give you the numbers of where we think that they may end up, understand that all the running backs that are within the same tier in our mind's eye are essentially one better game away from being able to usurp any of the running backs within that same tier. So that's the way we do it this way. So when you are actually drafting, you aren't just going for names. Um, A lot of times you find the most value when you draft based on tiers. So if guy A, B, and C, are pretty much equal, and you can get guy C in the second or third round, which will give you leeway to get other positions taken care of, then that's the smarter route to take. So that's why we kind of focus on tier-based rankings. With that being said,
1: Joe, why don't you start us out with your first tier? Oh, yeah. So my tier uh, one is uh, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Derek Henry. And out of those three, I think uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, you know, a lot of times we look at um, him and we kind of, I think, I don't think many people, but if someone was to say he's injury prone, I really think it's an underlying uh, statement to that. Like last year he played with several games, literally, with the, with that ankle before he had to sit out the mid of the season, and he still almost had a 1,000 yards. And you tell telling me this man had arthroscopic ankle surgery? So it wasn't that bad. They just was cleaning it out, you know, getting all this stuff off of it and the debris out of there, and he's going to come into an offense that's going to be even more tailored to his skill set. I think, honestly, his argument, like, in my personal opinion, he might be the top running back this year. I think he might come back to full form, like, in my personal opinion. I think his value right now, uh, for me, is meat on the bone right now because, again, all things considered, this is this – is, this is might be our AP, you know what I mean? I'm, I know this might be too soon to say it, only three years into his career, but this might be this, the Adrian Peterson type of player where all things, you know, when it's all said and done. So I'll have him at three, but I think he's he's one that I, I think always will stick out to me over everybody else in that group because of his, his ceiling is so high. Young Vandy, what you got?
2: Mine's a little shorter and sweeter. Uh Tier one. Uh, Again, guys, uh, listen, this is a PPR format, but I only have uh, two guys in my tier one, and that would be Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler.
0: We're pretty close. Um, I have three guys in my tier one, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Basically, I have three guys that have done it and done it recently and are likely to do it in a PPR type of format. So. Um, we're kind of right there together um, as far as tier ones are concerned. And for me with tier two,
2: I have a couple other guys that, Joe, you had in tier one. I want to say something real quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know y'all both said Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor's skill set. The one reason I don't have him in this tier, because I think with an Anthony Richardson, he's going to lose a lot of touchdowns. I know they got the guy from, you know. I see your point. Yeah. You know, I think the yardage may be there. But I think he's going to lose a lot of those punch-ins. I mean, you already know that rugby-style goal line thing that they do with Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Why would you do with Cam Newton 2.0? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, why would you do with that guy? I know he's going to start this year. I'm not sure on what week he will, whether it's week one or week three or six. But I could see him very well punching in seven of them things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see that guy having seven, eight rushing touchdowns this year. And I think for that reason why I don't have him in my top tier.
0: I hear that argument, but I'll raise you this. Looking at the quarterback that he's coming from, the offense in general, I believe, will be thriving just a little bit more and have actually additional touchdowns so that it won't be so much taken away from Taylor as it is giving everybody more opportunities to score based on the the, the tempo of the offense and the speed of the game that they're trying to play at. And in many cases, having a running quarterback Opens up the uh, game for Taylor, and he's one of those guys that if he gets a glimpse, but he ain't gonna have an opportunity running it on the goal line because Taylor gonna get it in from twenty yards out. So I, I'm not really I, I see that point, but I, for this guy in particular, like when you could focus on him, he was able to break away. So now that the safety can't really cheat and help the linebacker, good luck. I do see your point, but I, I just yeah. kind of feel like the offense in and of itself is gonna be a lot better. Uh,
2: but that's a that's a that's a it's a it's a slippery thing, right? Um, you're right. Uh, better running quarterbacks usually tend to have better running lanes, but at the same time, it's different when you got a quarterback that you know not gonna run, and they're gonna have to turn around and put in your belly. Um, there's no other option. So right. I that's think, my point. He yeah, he did that, well
0: in that situation. So right. he's gonna so do that, much better but, in this
2: But one. he's gonna have less opportunities. You see what I'm saying? If you got a Matt Ryan or you got a Foles or somebody that's turning around, they're going to turn around and stick it in your belly. There's no chance of them taking off and doing anything with it. So with a guy like Richardson, some of those opportunities are going to be taken away is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a slippery thing. Like, yeah, he has better running lanes, I think, from 20 to 20. He's going to see a lot better running lanes. But as the field gets shorter and they get in the red zone, mm mm-mm.
0: But but see that that's the thing. I think that that's where Taylor will be able to kind of take off a little bit. Like they have options, and because they have options, that means the defense, like you said, just can't focus on him. So it and may also be-, be reminded. now. this
2: oh this offensive line is not the same as Taylor's rookie year. I
0: agree, but I think last it'll be a lot better than what horrible. we saw last year. It'll, it'll last be a lot year, better. Than what we they went last from
2: the they went from the probably the best in the league to two one years of the ago yeah. to one of the worst. And let's see what they got this year.
0: So tier two, these are guys that I feel like just depending on which way the wind blows, they could actually also end up being the number one running back. But there are a couple of things that I feel like are stacked against them versus working for them. And those are your Saquon Barkley's of the world, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, and then... Bijan Robinson to round out my tier two. I love what I'm hearing about what Cleveland is trying to do. Nick Chubb was a stud last year with backup quarterbacks essentially. Now he finished as RB number six. He was running at 5.1 yards per carry on average, 17 games, 302 attempts. Over 1,500 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns, 27 receptions for 239 yards. I believe the, the drop-off that you saw at the end of the year was more so due to lack of cohesiveness between he and Watson and, and the changes within the offense. Having the opportunity to have a full offseason of you know crossing the T's and dotting the I's I think will be great for all parties involved in Cleveland in general. You also have Hunt that's going, could end up being back, but you know the running back market right now is what it is. But he may be in a situation where he's going to be utilized much more than he has been in the past. So that's why if he's already been one of those upper echelon guys most years, I can see him being better this coming year than he was last year. So that puts him up there. Like I said, he was number six last year. Um, Then as far as Ramondre Stevenson, if New England doesn't go platoon and he's just the guy with some guys behind him to kind of relieve him when he's tired or whatever, I mean, we've seen what the Patriots running back system itself can produce, but it's just normally hard to tell who's going to get what. But if it's centrally focused on Ramondre, then that can be something special. Uh, As far as Barkley, the only thing that the only odd I have against him is injury history, to be honest. And right now he's at odds as far as the contract is concerned. So I don't know how that part's going to end up. Uh, There was another guy that would have been in my tier two had he not been having a contract dispute, which is Josh Jacobs. I get him on my tier three. But that's where my tier two ends at running back eight. Again, with Barkley, Henry Chubb, Stevenson and Robinson.
2: All right, now tier two, these are studs. Uh, you know, I, we you know only had two guys in my tier one, but that doesn't mean these are guys that's going to finish one, but highly likely due to their receiving upsides. Uh, but these guys in tier two are also RB ones. That's what I'm saying. I got to remind the listeners: don't think we're saying these are RB 2s We're just breaking these running better down into tiers. Uh, all these guys are RB ones in this tier, and like um Zay said, these guys can very well end up being the best running back in the league. Um, but I have Derrick Henry, of course. Can't go against the GOAT, the old GOAT. You got JT. You got Josh Jacobs. Uh, I got Nick Chubb as well. I got Bijan here as well, high upside. Uh, Saquon. And also have Tony Pollard here as well. These are my guys in tier two. Um, one thing I did want to mention, I'm kind of surprised you would have a a, a, a Patriots running back that's beyond me. I've never seen a Patriot running back in this atmosphere, and I like Ramondre Stevenson. But at the same time, I've seen Bill Ramondre can have 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns and don't get a carry the next week. So I feel you I, on that. Like, <laughs> I feel no for I, real. I, like you're right. So <laughs> I, I, that has literally happened before. Yeah like, yeah, like literally. Like I've seen it done. And you a Patriot fan, so you've oh, yeah, seen I've it seen. done forever. You know what I mean? So it's hard to trust a Patriot running back this high. So but I different. love, I love, love him. The thing with
0: Ramondre is he finished ninth last year, right? His backup right now is Ty Montgomery. Harris's backup, who was starting last year, was Ramondre. So there was a reason for that, you know, switching in and out. Ty Montgomery can't hold a jockstrap of Ramondre Stevenson. So who he going to be? I mean, so I, I, don't, I, I don't see how you can play that same game when you don't have the same caliber of runner. Once you got rid of Harris and didn't bring nobody else in, that Kind of killed that, and that also gave way to the um the chatter about Dalvin Cook possibly being a good fit because of the way we normally do. But based on where the roster is today, he ended up at ninth last year, he got to end up higher than that this year. So, any higher than that, you know, mm. I'm just saying,
2: for sure. So now, um-
0: now, if Cook. Come come to town, this this completely goes out the window.
2: Yeah, I I have seen this dude, man. Belichick is a tricky dude, man. Um, you you've seen guys like Brandon Bolden get some. I mean, like <laughs> he'll get 15 carries one week. You like, hold on, what's going on out here? Um, but I agree with you with the time McGurney thing, but they still have some guys, you know, uh Kevin Harris. Yeah, you know we got Kevin guy, Harris, I, Pierre like, Strong. Yeah, but I think Pierre Strong and Ty is probably gonna be in that same third down kind of guys. But mm-hmm. the guy the that James can, Wright wall role right right, but the guy that can take Ramondre would be Kevin Harris. Now Kevin Harris is not good as Ramondre. It's not what I'm saying. But Bill, man, dudes, and and the God forbid Ramondre fumble week one. <laughs> <laughs> he might not come back to week five. You know what I'm saying? But but, like, but you remember he did that <laughs> last year.
0: Yeah. And Harris, what got Ramondre back in good graces is, is essentially Harris getting injured. Yeah. And then he had the season that he had, but right. I mean, but we don't have that one B guy yet. So if not we, yet. You If we don't get him, then Ramondre win, lose, or draw. He's the dude.
2: Yeah, not yet. But you know, Bill will sign a vet late.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and and I actually i can I can see that happening for a plethora of reasons, just because that uh, how likely that position is to kind of be you know injured. Like he'll bring in someone just for camp cut him, and then if there's an injury, bring in the guy that already knows the playbook because he was in there for camp. So, I mean, yeah, I fully expect something like that to happen, if not a cook type of a situation to happen, but I think everybody's just trying to use us to get a check at this point, but
1: Brojo, what you got? Yeah, my tier two, I got Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, uh, Najee Harris, Tony Pollard, and I do have a Stevens up here. Um, I, The only slight dip with uh Eckler was just for me is just I really think Joshua Kelly really came on really good as a good handcuff to him. And as like for me personally, like his his ceiling as far as running the ball, well, well we already know that. Let me skip that part. We know we only did it for his receptions. I just with all the plethora weapons they got at receiver, I just don't see that same output for him being a receiving back. I think obviously I think he's still high. He's number seven to me. Najee Harris, I think uh Najee to me. It's, it's it could be one. It's it's a really it's a boomer bus. I ain't gonna lie, having a, okay. a boomer bus. All right, I like
0: I like I like that 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 brief detail in there because I was gonna ask you, Najee, you the, the quarterback situation don't don't kind of make you kind of feel like it. The offense in and of itself gets stall, So not his talent, but if you ain't getting me close enough to punch it in, you know, and he ain't one of those breakaway, you know, score your own touchdown. Guys, you got to get him in the red zone.
1: Well, well, with Nigel's situation, what I what what I like is for one, he's played sixteen games both seasons. But last year, going back to training camp, he was dealing with the lens a lens Frank injury, and as soon as early as preseason, he played through most of the se- of the season with a still plate in his his foot, I mean, in his shoe rather. Like we didn't like, I was wondering why he not saw he not running the same with the same ferocity and everything else. But the main thing you see with him is he's like Eddie George, but he got better hands. He's gonna catch those receptions and get it done in the backfield. He didn't. He hasn't had the best open line that left. You know, a year to, a year before Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, retired, I think with this for me is that you already know the floor. He's gonna get three hundred touches. He gonna stay healthy, and I rather take. I rather bank on a healthier Najee. I think Broderick Jones is is not. He only one piece. But he's the piece. If you wanted to tell me they want to kind of reestablish themselves on uh, as far as the run, I would definitely take that. I think Najee, it's just his floor. I think it's the safest floor, and I think he has the most potential. It's almost like I hope people don't misconstrue what I'm about to say, but because of his volume, it's almost like Derrick Henry. Like I already know he's going to get 300 touches. I know that he's going to find his way to the red zone fairly easy. They need him to be the focal point of this offense because to your point, what much is there? I do see a step up for Pickett, but I don't think it's mainly Pickett. I think they're going to ride, you know, the co- the coattail of uh, Harris. And then to rem- Andre real quick, I think, you know, like y'all said, the biggest thing with that one is what kind of game script is he going to get? But I think w- what's going to be of old is that, you know, Bill Belichick is going to get in the way. This guy also had 69 receptions last year, and I think that's the number that, that stood out in order to get this offense uh, running, they turned to him a lot of, on, on key downs, not just, you know, so you're first and second, but not like first and long, second and long. But they gave every opportune moment to kind of feed this kid the ball, and he, he does it. So as far as like a James White, well, he has the upside to do, you know, be a first and second down back, and he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He doesn't really have someone to really take that away from him. And I think Karen Harris is a good um, compliment to him but it's not in the same effect as uh, as a Harris did, like when he was uh, playing. I think Ramondre is a, a solid bet off of just the receptions alone. He had eighty eight targets last year, and we said he didn't. We didn't. They didn't bring D Hop. I like his odds of getting another seventy receptions uh, going to next year. Now my
0: only issue with Harris has Pittsburgh done anything for that O line.
1: Yeah, they went and got Broderick Jones. He's a first round pick. Okay. Uh, from yeah.
0: So we depended dude, on a rookie. Gotcha. Go ahead. What else?
1: oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't say that because look at uh Nelson for no, no. Um, don't hear what I'm not saying. He
0: could, he could be the best thing since sliced bread. But we still depended on a rookie to turn around right. an entire O line because their wait, entire the O line was horrible. Uh, Harris only averaged three point eight yards a carry.
1: Look at Rashawn Slater for the Charges. Look at my dude Nelson for um the Colts. There's certain nasty, there's certain nasty dogs out there, that they could be they 19 year old pups, but they play like grown men. We, we've see. seen it time and time again. Was so Nelson hurt I, last
0: year for Indy?
1: No, but yo, they offensive line. I know we was talking about this earlier. They had almost the same offensive line. I was like, okay. what? So, okay. so that was scary. Like, why do you have to go from a top echelon offensive line to then that drop last year? That was that was scary. But with so, so they Jones, do
0: still have the same. Place. So so they could yeah. in theory go back to what they were or something close to
1: it. But okay. All right. Yeah, with the Colts. Yeah, that's why I noticed they had this, they had the same squad on, just about. Um, but with Project Jones for the for the Steelers, that guy's he's he not the best pass protector that came out this year, Draft. Mm-hmm. But as far as a road grader and all that. That boy, he nasty. So they got him specifically to clear the way for Harris, is what you're saying? He got, yeah, they got. He, that boy, he can move. He almost okay. reminds me of who's that guy for? Jason Peters. There we go. Okay, He's okay. he very athletic. Yeah, that's I, I like high his praise. Okay, yeah, I like him a lot. Ven, why don't you start with tier three?
2: Okay, my tier three receivers. Let's get to it. Uh, here in this tier, I got Joe Mixon leading the charge. I got Najee Harris here. I have Travis Etienne here. Ramondre Stevenson here, Kent Walker here, have Anzella Alexander Madison here, Brees Hall is here, Eva Kamara is here, Aaron Jones is here, and uh, Cam Akers is here as well uh, in my tier three. Now give me a little bit of background on the Cam Akers pick. Not only, I mean, he has a lot of upside I think this year. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of, production we're going to get out of matthew stafford he looked like he's on the downtrend of his career uh that being said we've seen mcveigh lean on running backs in the past a la todd Gurley, and also uh the guys that came after him they was banged up a little bit uh the running backs uh, Henderson and the other little guy they had as well i can't remember his name right off but we've seen mcveigh use them he has a running back that he likes he tends to feed him he's not really a committee kind of guy he will bell cow someone Cam Akers has put the injury behind him. He's now, what, two years, maybe, removed from that. And I think we're going to really see the Cam Akers of old that we we were seeing before the injury. I think you're going to really see him getting unleashed this year. So I really like him as a real upside pick right here.
0: Tier 3 for me. Um, it starts out with Tony Pollard, and he's actually running back 10 on my list. So we're still talking about RB1s for the next Three guys, basically. Um, So, Tony Parler, Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Kenneth Walker, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, and Josh Jacobs. And for me, Josh Jacobs wouldn't be down this low if I didn't think he was going to hold out for a week or two or up till week one or however that's going to end up working out. And... I don't know how the coach is going to feel about that. I don't know if they're going to have the next man up mentality or we'll work you in when you get in or how that's going to work out or if he's going to hold out at all. But that's the only reason he isn't um, quite a bit higher on my list as of right now. Gibbs, I believe, is going to be what Swift couldn't be due to injury in Detroit. Detroit's offense is not an issue right now. Um, Their offense is flying high, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities just as Swift did. Um, even with Montgomery being there. Um, they're already saying that Gibbs is most likely going to be the guy that they kind of give again, like I said, the, the role that the exact role that Swift had. Aaron Jones is one of those guys that kind of like Vander always says, you know, the, the 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 Rodney danger feels of the of the NFL where they just don't get the respect that they deserve. I mean, um Aaron Jones last year was actually running back eight in PPR. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry. He had 59 receptions for 395 yards, seven touchdowns, played all 17 games, um, 213 attempts with over 1,100 yards. So, I mean, this guy is just continuing to do what he does. And without Aaron Rodgers, I can see them leaning on the running game a bit more. I kind of think that Aaron Jones is going to be one of those guys that – you'll be happy that you drafted him, especially in the spot that you can draft him in. But are there any guys on the list that you guys are kind of looking at with the side eye or we're pretty much on the same page with
2: two or three? I'm not going to say looking at it with the side eye, but I, I think Gibbs is slightly overrated this year. Like, I, I just, I got this feeling, like I'm not sure what's going to happen in Detroit. There's a lot of miles to feed. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be doing a lot more catching the ball versus getting a lot of rushes out of the backfield.
0: That's why I Um, love him in PPR. At the same time, how many balls...
2: Again, how many balls is this dude going to catch? Not certain. Uh, I just think he's a tad overrated. And I'm not saying he's not a good player or anything like that, but... Well, to give you an example,
0: Swift last year, he had 48 receptions, and he only played in 14 games. So I, I expect him to... Have the this, the this, this swift roll. That's what.
2: They're... So that's catching like three balls a game, right? I expect tw-
0: them to, to, to be a little bit better at the road than swift. But, but again, but, if he yeah. catches
2: three balls a game, I'm not hooting and hollering about it. It's cool, but it's 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 not. No, you know what I'm saying? Like
0: this offense is flying high right now, bro.
2: It is, but at the same time, there's a lot of miles to feed in this offense. Um, you have seen the emergence of, I, I think, uh, Armand, Of course, is going to keep. Keep Doing going higher. Yeah. Um James. I don't, I don't know if he can go
0: much higher. He he was wide receiver seven. That's
2: one? What's higher than
0: seven? He he ain't better than Jefferson now.
2: He don't I mean, but he could be it could be the Cooper Cup effect, right? He's not better than Jefferson. But he's gonna be a lot easier to hide than Jefferson. Jefferson's on the outside, he's in the slot. He's a lot easier to hide. Um he's not, you know what I'm saying? He's still Armand is so good. He's still it it, it makes it's it's like people still don't pay him no attention. If that makes sense, you watch Lions games, mm. you know when I think they Chase pay attention. The they're field. just
0: not quick enough to do anything about it. Right. Like, but again, just it's, <laughs> but this is
2: people like you said. it's is PPR, right? Right. So right, right. I think you know what I'm saying he could still get higher. He can go higher.
0: Okay, I can uh, sit
2: up. I can sit up. You have the emergence. the Jameson Williams to will be back. You know, after his suspension, mm-hmm. he's going so, to uh, week seven. Up. He'll be back. Um, you're hearing a lot of a lot of talk about the tight end, the Porta. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what he's going to bring to the table. Um, I think he's going to be the, the TJ Hawkinson for sure. Like the same, the same guy. Basically. And they, and they have uh so I, I don't know. Like I say, I don't think I like Gibbs. Not, don't, don't, I'm not saying don't pick Gibbs guys. What I'm saying is I think people are a little over doing it when it comes to him. In my opinion,
1: I think because he, in my next list, I can, I'll chime in now. I think, from my personal opinion cuz like looking at him and evaluating him from his last season at Alabama he's not just a receiving back i think that's the biggest misconception ever he's one of the better north south runners i saw in my opinion coming out in this draft he don't dance he don't do any shifty he's so decisive when he sees it it's it's on it's on ten he's going he's hitting it hard it's no waste of waste of movement with his ability as an inside runner and I think they're they're going to be very creative in how they utilize them. I, I, uh, going back to the premise that we said before, when you kind of take these kids a lot higher, because uh, we have seen them. Just breeze last year, Brees Hall went the you know in the second round. Then before that, you know Josh Jacob and company all going in the twenties. When you're making this commitment, it's, it's a it's a full dynamic. Not even DeAndre Swift, who we gave comparison to a few seconds ago, went. You know he went in the second round. Gibbs is I think. If, if somebody feels as though he's just a receiver, you got to rewatch that tape because he gets you He get, he's he's a very decisive runner, very patient, very methodical, and then he hits it. That's it. And he can take people with him. He always falls four. I've never seen him get stood up, you know, at the line of scrimmage. This kid, he gets his yards. I, I love that skill set about him running the ball. So to add that and the versatility of being a pass catcher and being one of the faster running backs in the league off the bat. I think that's it's impressive in telling, I think, how it might go for him.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think he's just a receiver, but I would feel a lot more comfortable if David Montgomery wasn't in the building. I think David Montgomery can very well be playing the Jamal role from last year, and if he could play in the Jamal yeah. role, that means he's taking all the touchdowns. He's in the kitchen eating all the hog mogs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all the chickens, you know what I mean? He's, he's getting all the love, so... Yeah, we may see uh Gibbs dance from twenty to twenty, but then I mean, oh, that's 17 touchdowns last year from Jamal Williams. You know what which I mean? Like, is why, so,
1: which is why they replaced Swift. No, no, I no, no.
2: Think, no, no, no. I don't no, think Montgomery. I don't think
1: Montgomery that guy though. I don't think he he I'm not like I'm but saying, I think hell, Jamal wasn't that outside. guy
2: either. It's not like he was pff, doing I mean, they
1: get to the two or three yard line and But it's my thing. Like when Montgomery, I didn't see Montgomery play to where he played year one and year two. This was a horrible year by any standard and Khalil Herbert was m- done most of most of that that season he just he just he looked a tad too slow and he looked a, he didn't look as sharp as I would have wanted him to see from year one to two and then come into his you know his fourth season it just wasn't it wasn't telling and plus the team that had the most money to keep him in town let him go. I mean, who but else ag- can again, evaluate?
2: two things, right? Let's mm-hmm. do averages, same amount of yards, a, a carry as Jamal. I agree. We can, look how many running backs we have right now sitting on free agency. Jamal, but we, Jamal, we, I, we can all sit here and we don't think this guy's been than Leonard Fournette. I, David Montgomery, y'all think he been than Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do. You think he better than Fournette? Correct. Yeah. No, I don't what? think so. David Montgomery? Yeah, I do. I don't think yeah. so. No, I don't I think do. so. Oh, yeah. So for them to for for them to bring him in and not some of these guys that sitting waiting for jobs and like they think they they think something of David Montgomery. So I mean that's all I'm saying. They think yeah, something. I of think a big. No, I agree. A big part of David Montgomery's issue was was the team he was on at the
0: time. If he was still in Chicago now with some of the changes they made this year or this offseason, if you will, I think he would be a household name. Um he's had his moments in the sun if you will where he kind of shows you know he's that guy but then there's other times where he kind of shows that there's the need for his you know 1b to 1a he he was at his best when Herbert was right beside him doing his thing, so I think they're going to continue that same sort of an idea.
1: Yeah, and I, lastly to chime in on that, I think you know Jamal is kind of an anomaly because he played what I call barbarian ball. Where he just throw his body and did you know the Marshawns, the Marion Barber kind of thing. And we know that's not sustainable in the NFL. So to your point, I agree. Jamal Williams isn't that guy. But if you're gonna ask somebody to not care about themselves, like their body, and just throw it around, you know, just for the short term, we see how that play out in football. I don't think it's sustainable, and I think Keandre. I think I'm happy for Keandre because he don't got much to beat. I don't think, you know, especially as far as the contract that Keandre couldn't upsee him even in this season, surprisingly. Crazy thing about
2: it, I mean, David Montgomery's bigger than Jamal, so if yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, like.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I will tell you that. Yeah, my my tier three uh started at eleven, so I had uh, B. John Robinson at eleven, Joe Mixon at twelve, Aaron Jones, J.K. Uh, Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco, and then I had Gibbs. I only bumped Mixon down because we just don't know about this injury. I feel like he' gonna play, but uh, I just I'm always just taking a hat that stance with that. Uh, B. John, I kind of I love. Wait, him a wait, lot wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. What's that? Wait. <clears throat> wait don't preach to the choir don't it's only one dude that i heard that i what? have any questions about what's that how's pacheco
2: this high
1: oh man i, I see you know what i cut to the, oh you know what I, come I, on man I'm you just do a little pacheco i mean <laughs> my goodness you what <laughs> Look, I, I <laughs> wait, wait. To he, he ended up animals. been running back what uh 16 i oh, I, I okay I got I, I, no, okay. so look so look. I got I got I got the perfect serenade for ya. I'm not even gonna talk about the redundancies I have with this guy. So what what I like about Pacheco and I think, and most people might not look at it this way, Jerick McKinnon is actually a good thing for him as far as this offense. I think as far as his footing, we got to think Isaiah is his ceiling is tremendously high, but he's still learning to channel his speed and utilize his speed within the game of football. If that makes sense, because. This kid is way faster than we even see. Him. I think even that 39 yard scamper we saw was only 20 miles per hour. And this dude had to re-accelerate to get to that 20 miles. We have not even seen him even put the pedal to the floor. But the main thing for me is he also didn't start as far as the games until week seven. We looking at these this 830 yards and these four touchdowns. Well, There's more than four touchdowns, but from that time period on, he scored four. He didn't start seven games. And then from there on, you could just see more and more that they, you know, they they gave him more and more control over the offense. And you love when Andy Reid does Andy Reid things. He even made sure this kid got a 100-yard game specifically. He pointed out in conferences and, you know, in his interviews that he wanted to get him this many touches. We already seen what he's done in the playoffs. But to add to that, he played with a broken hand in the labor room during that part of the season and was fairly productive. I think more so Jake McKinnon is more precautionary, but also too, he does have a good fitness offense. I think he's a one he's a one A, one B situation. But if you tell me somebody didn't start several games and went on to you know become the guy in the offense and on the team he Has tremendous upside. I think he can. I think he's durable enough to play sixteen games, and I think in that span we're gonna really get to see a, a second footing in the second year in, in the NFL. Because again, he did twenty miles on a thirty-nine yard play, and he had to reaccelerate. He was just. We just seen him bulldozing people falling forward. Taking guys with him, this guy can do it all. He can catch, he can, you know, run, and he also has big playmaking ability. The same way, some not, not in a similar way that we talked about Jonathan Taylor, but I feel like once the game slows down for him, he can easily take anything to the house at any moment. That he has that skill set in him already.
2: I mean, Pacheco, cool man, but I like him more. Because of what team he, what team he's on versus,
1: exactly right, versus right. who
2: he is. Because I mean, yeah, he only started, you know, from week seven to, you know, and then ahead, but he only had one hundred yard rushing game. So it wasn't like he was out there just ripping the NFL up. You know, what I'm saying from week seven on end. So he does need to learn how to follow hit holes and follow blocks and all that. He, he just he just I hit the hole one hundred miles an hour, but like you say, he just got to learn how to channel it uh, and have some patience as a runner, just a more patience. I don't, I don't got no beef against it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Andy Reid running backs tend to do fairly well in fantasy. So,
0: Go ahead and hit us with your
2: cheer for it, man. Damian Pierce. I have uh, James Connor.
0: And Pierce is what running back for you?
2: Uh, he will put me at 22. Okay. Uh, we have Damian Pierce here. Connor, Rashad White. We have Pacheco here. Miles Sanders. DeAndre Swift here. J. Piron, and that's you know with a asterisk beside it, and I also have uh, AJ Dylan right here as well. Give us a
0: little bit of insight as to why you have Piron up so high, and what can make that, what situation can kind of make that change.
2: It's all about Javante Williams. The health is all considered on that. I have Piron here because to be, I mean Frank, he's a three-down back. We all know he's. A, we all know him as being a, a third-down back, but P. ron ain't no little guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a he's a pretty solid dude. And at the same time, we've seen uh, running backs and and coach. Um, give me his name. Brain freeze. Sean Payton. In Sean Payton's offense. We've seen him have two running backs finish top ten before, right? So I think it's going to be uh, much opportunity to to score points. He's going to be a hard person to get off the field. I didn't see the Broncos bring in anybody to be a real threat to him, per se. Of course, uh, Javonta is the guy considered, you know what I mean? But this is the guy they brought in. You know, it's different when you adopt someone versus you bring, I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis, <laughs> like Prime say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Shemage was he, he was brand, He's brought in. Javante was already there. Uh, the only people behind him is who? Tony Jones Jr., Tyler Batty from Baltimore. Like, there's no real threat to Shemar uh, piran doing well so I, I think he's a sneaky sneaky guy man like this dude's 236 pounds man so we all everybody sees piran's a third down back correct because of the role he played in cincinnati this boy right. 236 man so don't def- get it
0: twisted he definitely be a goal line
2: guy for yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so don't get it twisted you know what i'm saying i think he's gonna sneak up he's i think it's to be really sneaky good this year especially if javante is out now javante is in which I don't think Javante will be in as soon as the season starts. I think it'll be P. Ron's backfield for at least for the first quarter of the season. That, that's that's a sleeper that can really pay some dividends for some guys
1: and fans. I love that explanation. I actually think Javante you know, might split the backfield for several weeks too. So I definitely think he's going to get more of a good a good play in that offense getting, getting up there first. I, I, I like that. I, it's not as high as I would think, but I honestly understand the, the logic behind it because... Piron is definitely not one-dimensional at all, and I think with Javante's situation, even though we've seen him, in, you know, you know, partaking in the mini camp and everything like that, he got the knee brace on. To your point, we've seen with these Achilles injuries, we it's a second half thing, right? And I think if we look into, it, I think he does miss, you know, a few games, and I think when he does come back, it's going to be in a timeshare. So even still, Piron is still is going to have value. So I definitely can concur with that. So for me, Tier 4 starts out with J.K. Dobbins, and that
0: is running back 18. I have Miles Sanders following him up, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, Rashad White, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, Damian Pierce, and David Montgomery, ending Tier 4 at running
2: back 26. Questions, concerns, emotional outbursts? Uh, J.K. Dobbins, is he going to even be on the field? Like, I think this is a – I think he playing a dangerous game talking about this whole contract situation, in my opinion. When I see him come out talking about some money, I'm like, bro, how are you going to get some money? You know what I'm saying? Um, like half a season, right? <laughs> yeah, not only that, this offense has changed. There's a new regime in town. So this team is not going to be – dog, they're going to be passing the ball. Lamar's going to be a – he should be if, – if he can remain healthy, he should be a 4,000-yard passer this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so J.K., watch out, man. Like I don't get it. There's a, there's a lot of there's still a lot better um, choices on the free agent list, I think, than you. Correct. So I I don't get it. This whole I'm sitting out. I want some money. But bro, what what have you done? I'm confused. Like you need to go prove it. Like you've been you just came back from injury. So I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's why, that's why I had J.K. You know, a little further down, like, on my next tier. But I haven't seen – seen him do good, you know, in spurts. Like, dude, you had 500 yards rushing last year. Cut it out. Knock it off. Like, how many years has he played? And he's only his third year? Yeah, I believe he's going in two
0: year Three, right this year. I think this year will be year four,
2: I believe. No, this dude no. – well, no, he missed a season. So, yeah, technically year four, but he only played two seasons. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So, knock it off. <laughs> and he
0: played eight From games where? last year. Now, granted, he was at 5.7 yards a carry. We only
2: played eight games, okay, um, yeah, 92 so was, attempts. Yeah, so it was like 500 a damn yards. Darren Sproles yeah. or something, show what you know. What I mean, like, yeah. you know, what I mean, but like, what have you done in this league? And this is a position that we already is, is becoming extinct. Yeah, this ain't the year to,
0: to break to, to, to do that. Like, like you right. should see. Based on how other dudes get treated, that this ain't the year
2: for yeah. Like you your got mind. guys that really deserve change, like Josh <laughs> Jacobs and you know Saquon. These guys have did put in some some pain, they put some work in to get paid. Like, dude, what are you talking about? You've been yeah, that go ahead, go ahead, Joseph. I'm sorry, Victor. Well, no. I'm
1: gonna say I think to your point, I agree too. And this I'm disappointed, is that I get where he feels he has the potential to be a star, but you can't follow in the footsteps of a Saquon and a Josh Jacobs. Those are commodities. We know what they are. And to your point, does he he does he have the potential? Yes. But you know, also, like you said, the same concerns. You should he shared a backfill a lot of his career. Should he should he be a focal point if his ass showed up? But he makes himself expendable because even in 2024, there's a J.K. Dobbins and a Chris, you know, and a quorum coming out of Michigan. You know, like he can be easily replaced by another piece in the draft where it's like. Even though, like I agree, Munken offense is going to be really good, but Munken is really balanced. People are like kind of he's had top passing offenses and rushing offenses, all in the same breath. I think if he, if I was him, I would come in. Yeah, you can have those, you know, opinions, but you didn't earn that right to do anything. You, you had a good showing after you had a second surgery to clear everything up. Like you know, you didn't give anything to this team in whole, to, I think to warrant any of that talk about money, any of those kind of things. He's not in the same category. I would put a Jacobs and a, a Barkley. So like you said, and on top of that, a diminished, you know, you know, you know, to how things are going running back. What you gonna get, Miles Sanders money? You want $25 million? Or where well, you could have just been quiet, did what you had to do, and earned maybe $30 Because I think that still was out there for him.
2: I mean, well, uh, I maybe mean, y'all can help me out. What am I not, What am I missing? Like, what what has he done to get money. Potential? Hell, I got potential to be an actor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could be Denzel. I could be the next Denzel Washington. I got the point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, really? Like, what have I done? You can't just walk on the set and say, "I, right, hey, I demand some money. I got potential.
1: B, no, you're right. I don't give it. Yeah, I think, I think with him, though... No. <laughs> If he did it the right way, he could have positioned it if he stayed healthy. Just like a Josh Jacobs did last year. Right. He's play, play, that's play it. healthy.
2: That's Josh, Josh, is good, that's a good call. Josh Jacobs is a perfect example of, you know what? I'm going to go here cuz remember they was counting him out. Remember they 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 uh they did pick up his option. He came in little league and rushing. So that's what you got to do, man. Like put your head down, show us you could play a full season healthy and then average 5.7 yards of carry for a whole season with 200 carries at least. Like, you never even caught a carry the ball 150 times. Like, come on, man. Stop it. Bro, Joe, go ahead and
1: hit
0: us up with your next tier.
1: Yeah, I got my next tier. I got Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, uh, ETN, and then with Sean White. And I think um, of these, I like Damian Pierce a lot this year. I think like I like uh, I I've, I've said before like he was good until teams realized that's all they had and then they just took him out the game altogether. I think honestly having an opportunity to have a, a, a formidable quarterback he ain't it, just somebody, right? Somebody anything better than Mills. Um and just the offensive whole I think it's really going to to transform under Stroud. I think he's going to do a lot better. I'm not concerned so much with Singletary if anything it's a almost an added necessity to have somebody of his skill set. Damian Pierce is still, to me, a really good running back. I think he's going to really – I think it's easy for him to get a 1,000 yards, but I think the main thing was get him into the right situation, get him to a coach that philosophically wants to establish the run that sees the value in the running back. Again, D'Amico Ryan, he's similar to uh, my guy who who's the coach of the Jets. He only knows West Coast, you know, run, run-based offenses from the time that he's been in the league, even as a D coordinator. Like, he wants to run the ball. I think it's a good place for for Damian. I think it's a lot to ask because, like, I, I know we all know the singletaries that do, but I think giving him an opportunity to not be the, to focused on, to not have people committing seven in the box and everything like that and playing to – you know, take him out the game. I think he's going to have more open looks, and we'll see that explosiveness we saw early on in the season that was kind of, you know, bottled up later on. So I think it's a tell of two halves. And I feel like Acres might be too low. I really agree with everything that Vander was saying, where we had the conversation of, uh, remember, Bill Belichick putting uh, Stevenson in timeout? McVay, of all people, loved putting this guy in timeout because it was always... Oh, he's the guy. Then it's Daryl Henderson. Wait, there's Shawnee Michelle. Then it's this guy. Yeah, he had a crazy last six weeks to, to you know, turn out of football. I just want to see it more so than anything. But to, you know, I really think his where I have him at nineteen is kind of low, depending on, you know, based on the ceiling. And lastly, I think Rashad White. I think it's, I think, I think it's a go time. I think it's go time. I, I love his skill set. I like what he can do. Uh, he reminds me of Ryan Matthews that played for the Chargers. He's just a bigger guy. He can run the ball. and catch the ball. He wasn't that great of a runner, and I think that was a part of his game, which is just coming from a smaller program uh, from college. But I think, you know, they don't have anybody behind them to take any carries away from him. And even if he's in a 1A, 1B, I think it's a 60-40. So that's how he made it to 23 on my list. Vander, go ahead and hit us off. at your next tier. Hey, yeah, let us know is- what the uh,
0: starting rank is as well.
2: So this is my last tier here. Um, this going to take me to take me to 40. Uh, I'm at 30 and this is going to take me to 40. This is a tier five. And this tier, I have Antonio Gibson. I have David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Javante Williams. I have Rashard Penny here as well. And uh, Raheem Mostert. Now you
0: got a couple of guys that Mostert, Senior. There was another guy in there. I just heard you say Penny. Who else was it? It was another guy that could be a stud if he can just stay healthy. Um, But this is kind of that tier where you start seeing warts, if you will. Like if this didn't happen, then this guy could be could jump Mm -hmm. a tier. Or if that didn't happen with his situation, you know, like, for instance, um, starting that and this goes up to wide receiver. I mean, excuse me, running back 40 for me as well. We started with the same guy, Antonio Gibson. If his situation was a little bit more advantageous, he could jump a tier.
2: I also have Dalvin. Go ahead. I really think this is the time. The time is now for him. If if he doesn't do it now, he's not going to ever do it. I think this new regime coming in benefits his skill set. Absolutely. A lot more than Brian Robinson Jr., which is a guy I had as well. But it's it's because, I mean, Brian Robinson Jr., I'm not saying he can't catch the ball, but he doesn't have – there, there's not a lot of, you know what I'm saying, uh, showing of it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver at one point in life. Uh, so right. that's the difference, you know what I'm saying? So being the enemy me there, I, I really think his skill set can he, – he's a guy that you really want to keep uh, an eye on, man. Um, there's been reports of Kareem Hunt, they, you know, kicking kicking the tires on him as well in Washington. But if not, I think Gibson can really be a, some gold, some fantasy goal this year.
0: After Gibson, I have Dalvin Cook, followed by Alvin Kamara. Kamara's issue, um, uh, the reason he's down here for me, is his whole uh, court case that's coming up and likely suspension coming up. So with the amount of games that he's going to miss, kind of a new offense, new quarterback, all that kind of good stuff, I think it kind of takes a little bit of the luster off of him. I have Isaiah Pacheco here, Samaji Ryan Jamal Williams, Javante Williams, James Cook. Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, Khalil Herbert, Rashad Penny, Brian Robinson Jr., Jeff Wilson Jr., and lastly, Jarek McKinnon. So that's how it kind of rounds out for me. And again, these are guys that if there's an injury in front of them or if the injury that's behind them stays there or don't end up getting suspended for more than a few games. I mean, there's just a few different situations going on, but these are guys that I believe are going to be well worth having on your team, but you may not want to start out the season dependent on them.
1: Um, Joe, go ahead and finish it out. Yeah, man, I got two tiers, so I'm just going to say I'm going to say four in my last one, but then the one after last, and then I'll just talk about a few players of what is this tier four. So my tier five was James Connor, Kenneth Walker, Javante Williams, James Cook, Alvin Kamara. Brian Robinson, and A.J. Dillon. So that's taking me to 30. And then 31 to 40 was DeAndre Swift, Khalil Herbert, Zach Charbonnet, Tyler Alagier, Jerome Ford, Devon Ache, uh Jalen Warren, Tank Bigsby, Damian Harris, and Singletary. But going back to five real quick, I know we just spoke about this guy, Brian Robinson Jr. I think it's going to be a, a really healthy debate between who do you take in this offense? Because I definitely agree. I feel like I, I can I can agree and disagree at the same time because I think, for one, Brian Robinson, I, I'm not in love with him. I'm not going to say that. I, I think he's the tremendous running back that uh, Vander alluded to really well explaining it. It's not that he's not a pass catcher, but I think the more fluid of the two is Antonio Gibson. I think year two, because, again, this man was shot also and came back like <laughs> – Now, what is it? How how many games? He didn't miss many games when he came back from that even happening. I think his better football is ahead of him. He was never one of those people who was tremendously fast, but I think having a few years under his belt in the NFL program as opposed to, you know, from that transition to Bama, it's going to really help him in his readiness and preparation for the NFL. I think it was short-lived when he came out of college to the NFL. I don't really think he did much to get better, to improve, but having a full NFL offseason – I think he'll be better. I think this offense is going to be better. It's going to be more concise and more so around his skill set. I think of the two, I kind of would lean more so Brian Robinson because I think we're going to see him pick up those yards because many of the times he really falls to hit either negative yards or he barely got to the yard, you know, line of scrimmage or managed one or two yards. I think we're going to get a little bit more of those yards this year. So if I had the edge one, and again, it's an edge I agree with all the points for Antonio Gibson, I'm going to still edge uh, it to Brian Robertson Jr. And then um, who else I had on this list was, oh, the whole Seattle thing. I think I had to bump these down a little bit more. Kai Kenan Walker at 25. Charbonnet is is really good. I, I, was one, I was kind of going into it. I think I had him as my third running back uh, this year. And I think for good reason. I don't know what was the philosophy of this. I don't know if we want to copy the Packers or something, but – Kenneth Walker is a good running back. And then you get somebody as good. If anything, he fills out what, you know, what Kenneth Walker isn't so great at. So now you're getting another three down running back who's a better blocker. Who's, in my opinion, the more fluid running back out in the backfield. It's just Kenneth Walker got the better speed. So I really think it's literally it's 50-50 in that backfield. I feel like it's a hot hand in that backfield. And then lastly, what else I had here? The Eagles. I'm leery about the legal. I'm, I'm sure we, we might talk about this in another show, but I don't trust DeAndre because in, in the Kenneth Gainwell situation at all. I think that's another 50-50 backfield. And I, I just think for the value, I'd rather pivot and go to another position, in my my opinion. I think they both do the same things well. Kenneth Kenneth Gainwell is a phenomenal. Uh, pass catcher i think honestly that's the that's the main reason why they felt comfortable moving on from miles sanders uh in the last two years i think the last year he had uh what was that 50 receptions or something like that the not this season but the last season before um he had about 50 receptions i think deandre is another person we know he's a good receiver both of them are really affordable at their salary so it's like and then you add in Jalen Hurts, I think them being bumped back makes the most sense. But that's what I had as far as my notes on these two. Oh, Jerome Ford. I think Jerome Ford is at 35 is it's not a reach in my personal opinion. I really think um, coming out of Cincinnati, this kid really can do it all. He reminds me a lot of Gino uh, Bernard, <laughs> not, not the one after Fournette got there, but when Fournette wasn't there so much. Uh, he's a tremendous. He's a tremendous running back. I think this year he only had like five carries, one point eight yards. It really was abysmal because he really they didn't need him for much, right? But I think this season we're going to kind of see him a lot more. He's way faster than his four he ran at the combine. I think they're going to use him in, in a really good compliment, almost like how they used Dearness Johnson when uh, Kareem Hunt wasn't available. So I think he's somebody who's going to really pay dividends. And Nick Chubb, knock on wood, he get hurt, but don't miss games. In the event he missed games, I really don't see that they have anybody to put above Jerome. So at thirty five, I think it's a good, you know, I think it's a good floor to kind of capitalize on getting somebody in the backfield that's predominantly run, again, uh, an added value. And
0: that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for us for this week. We'll be back to you on next week with the second half of your running back tears. But for now, we out.